Good morning, everyone. I'm, I'm Eduardo uh, Busan. I'm, uh, I would like to, to share with you the scripture for today. It is out of uh, the book of Numbers, chapter 22. And then it says, The Lord's messenger uh, persisted and crossed over and stood in a narrow place where it wasn't possible to turn either right or left. The donkey saw the Lord's messenger and lay down underneath Balaam. Balaam became angry and beat the donkey with the rod. Then the Lord opened the donkey's mouth and it said to Balaam, what have I done to you that you've been beating me these three times? And Balaam said to the donkey, because you've tormented me. If I had a sword in my hand, I'd kill you now. And the donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your donkey on whom you've often ridden to this day? Have I been in the habit of doing this to you? And Balaam said, no. Then the Lord uncovered Balaam's eyes, and Balaam saw the Lord's messenger standing in the road with his sword drawn in his hand. Then he bowed low and uh, worshipped. If I was going to ask you, uh, this is part of a bigger story, and we're going to talk about it uh, here in a moment. But if I, wanted, I was going to ask you, which is the most famous talking donkey that you know? You would say Shrek, right? And, and there is that, that scene at the beginning when, when the donkey, that's his name, is introduced to us in, in, in Shrek. And, uh, and... Uh, there is the, the owner wants to sell the donkey because the donkey, all he does is talk. And uh, the owner, she's very, very annoyed and, and she's hitting the donkey and, um, and uh, Lord Farquaad is buying all of these um, uh, fairy tale uh, characters. So um, first comes Pinocchio or the talking uh, puppet and... Um, <laughs> and the, 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 the soldiers who are buying, they, they ask the owner, uh, so uh, what does this thing do? It's a, oh, it's a wooden talking puppet. Um, and then Pinocchio says, no, I'm a real boy. And, and then the nose goes, you know, it's, it's hilarious. And then, and then uh, uh, I think it's like uh, 10 shekels or whatever the amount of money was. And, and, and then comes the donkey and the owner says, it's a talking donkey. Go on, t- donkey, talk. And the donkey, of course, doesn't say a thing. Um, and then she, she gets really nervous because these are soldiers, and she goes, I'm a talking donkey, uh, you know, moving the jaw. Uh, you remember this scene. Um, and, and then uh, the, the soldier gets annoyed and says, take her away. This is, this is a ripoff. Um, and then there's a commotion, and donkey kicks uh, the person behind who is uh, Tinkerbell, I suppose. Um, though it's not called like that. And then uh, dust... Um, uh, falls on uh, magic dust falls on the donkey and he starts flying and he says I can fly and then a Peter Pan like character says he can fly and everyone says he can fly and then the, uh, the, the, the soldier says he can talk um, and then he falls and he found Shrek and the rest of the movie is great so um, the most famous donkey uh, is donkey, but the most famous donkey in history is Balaam's donkey. Uh, 
Um, Balaam's donkey is one of two animals in the Bible who speak. The other one is the serpent in the, or the snake in the Garden of Eden. Fun fact. Um, now you can win trivia night. Uh, the, the the story of of Balaam is, is a story. Of Balaam and the don- and the talking donkeys is one that has been very important uh, in, in Christian circles. Um, for me, uh, as I was researching, I, I was surprised that we ha- I haven't heard more about Balaam's um, uh, story, Balaam's donkey story. And when uh, Pastor Mandy was telling me about uh, this series of weird stories, I said, you know, I kind of want to preach from that one because I don't know anything about it, but. Uh, it has been very important for, uh, for in, in, again, in the Christian church. Um, for example, the, the, the story of Balaam and, and Balaam's donkey is referred a uh, few times in the New Testament, um, in the book of Jude, in Second Peter, in the book of Revelation. Uh, but also in the 4th century, in the 300s, um, uh, we, we see depictions of this. And, and actually, I want to show you some pictures. Um, so the first one, is uh, was painted in a catacomb uh, in the fourth century. And in the fourth century, that's when uh, a lot of the Christian doctrines were beginning to, to take shape. So, so even before we had a canon of, of what the New Testament books should look like, even before uh, we even talked about the Trinity, uh, we had this painting in a catacomb in, um, in, in Rome, um, and uh, of Balaam's donkey. We have Balaam, and he's looking like that way, and then the angel is looking the other way. Uh, the angel has a beard. I think this is important. Uh, it's an adult, and the donkey is just hanging out, right? The, the next picture uh, comes from, uh, it was painted somewhere between the 1400 and 1410, uh, and it's by an author in German, Germany. Uh, here, the, the angel is, looks more like a baby. <laughs> Um, or uh, a young child doesn't have a beard, doesn't look like a Roman. Um, but still, we can see uh, the donkey looking at uh, the angel. We have Balaam uh, holding a whip, not a stick, but a whip. And uh, Balaam looks really important uh, person. Uh, the next picture comes from the 19th century, and it is in the style of Gustave Doré, who he, he illustrated the Bible uh, he, some of his, his illustrations are, are, are just um, breathtaking. And, and here uh, we have Balaam, who actually we don't see him. He is kind of like holding the donkey. Uh, so we see his back. And then we see uh, someone else. <laughs> and then the angel. Now, this angel is not a baby. <laughs> Uh, or a guy with, uh, with a beard, really cool-looking beard. But this angel is a warrior and is very menacing, pointing at the donkey and at Balaam. And then the next one, which is my favorite, is from Rembrandt, and it is from 1626. And I love Rembrandt. Um, it, we're going to leave this picture here for a while because I, I want to, um, after we tell the story, I want to talk a little bit more about it. Um, but here, this is a very complete picture, and I love Rembrandt, how he, how he uh, illustrates uh, biblical stories. And we have the donkey falling down. We have Balaam ready to strike the donkey. But then we have the angel ready to strike Balaam. And then we have four, four more characters 
uh, that, that we're going to talk about here in, in, in just a moment. The story of Balaam and the donkey. In chapter 22 of Numbers, verse 1, we have uh, the, the story of, uh, of the king of, of Moab. He, not to be confused with Balaam, his name was Balak. Um, and uh, Balak was a little bit worried because all of these Israelites have come from Egypt, have crossed the wilderness. They are not in the wilderness anymore, and they have settled in the fields of Moab. Not in the city, but outside the city in the fields of Moab. And there's a lot of them. Um, this scripture actually is meant to reflect uh, Exodus chapter 1, verse 1. Uh, when the king of Egypt says, oh, wait a second, these Israelites, there's a lot of them. And we need to figure out a way to stop them from growing uh, because they're going to overtake us. Well, fast forward to Numbers after they spent 40 years in the desert. They settle in this place. It's not Canaan. It's not the promised land. They are on the way to the promised land, but they settled in this valley. And the king of Moab, uh, he is, he's worried about this. And rightly so. Um, so what does he do? Uh, he calls a seer. And uh, who, who live in the land, uh, the, the Bible doesn't say exactly if he's a Moabite or not, um, but, but he lived nearby, he was famous, uh, actually, he is famous. Uh, he's one of those characters from the Bible that appear in texts, uh, in ancient texts uh, that are not the Bible. Uh, so he, he calls on Balaam, who was a seer, but he was also very famous because uh, apparently whenever he blessed, uh, people will experience growth or prosperity, whatever. And whenever he cursed, uh, people felt a curse fall upon them. So um, a, a seer, uh, it's, a, it's, it's not a prophet and it's not a priest. Uh, the, the priests, um, they were in charge of leading worship in the people, within the people of Israel. And uh, the prophets, they were meant to speak God's word to the people of Israel. But seers... Uh, they were outside of the people of Israel, and they have a special connection with God. And Balaam was one of these uh, seers. They, they, saw, they saw visions of God, and they will try to um, connect that vision of God with, with the people. Um, but he was not an Israelite, uh, and, uh, and still he had this very close connection with God. So Balak, uh, the king, uh, he sent these messengers <laughs> to talk with uh, Balaam. You know, all these Israelites are, are, have settled. There's a lot of them. Will you, will you please curse them uh, so they stop having babies and growing? I mean, that's all. I, I don't want you to send fire on them. I don't want you to do anything weird. Just curse them. And Balaam says, you know, let me think about it. Uh, let me sleep on it. So while he was asleep, he had a vision, therefore a seer. And God said, you know, no, these are my people. Don't, don't curse them. So uh, the next day, uh, he wakes up and he goes to the, 
to the messengers and say, hey, um, sorry, but uh, thanks, but no thanks, I, I, I won't do that. So the messengers go back to Balak, then Balak says, you know, I'm going to send more important messengers uh, to him, like people with greater ranks, uh, um, I, I suppose, and so uh, send them, and, and the messengers come to, uh, to Balaam and says, Balaam, okay, uh, we are more important than the other two bozos that uh, Balak sent, and we have a deal for you, whatever you want. You know, before we were asking for a favor, now we're hiring you as a, as a contractor to curse these people. You want money, you want a palace, whatever you want, uh, will you please do this? And Balaam says, you know, let me sleep on it. And uh, he has a, this dream from God that, um, and God uh, tells him, you know, still, still it's a hard no, but I want you to go and tell the king yourself. So he wakes up, and he says, you know, um, I, I have an answer for the king, but I have to tell him myself. So he gets on the donkey, the two persons in the back in a horse, those are the messengers from uh, Balak, the two children who are in complete darkness, <laughs> uh, those are the servants of Balaam, you know, seers, had servants, and they're going on this donkey, uh, they're going on, on the road, and uh, the first time, uh, the donkey sees the angel of God, the, the adversary of God, no, adversary from God, I should say, the adversary from God. And the donkey sees it and goes in a different way. And, uh, and Balaam didn't like that, so got him back on the road and and then they, they go a little bit further, and the angel is ready. The angel, what is, the, the angel is trying to do is, is to strike with the sword, Balaam. Um, and the donkey sees this, and the donkey, a good donkey that the donkey is, doesn't want his friend, Balaam, to be hurt, so stops um, uh, against, against a wall. And Balaam doesn't like this. He's like, what's going on? And kind of like hits the donkey. And they go uh, a little bit further. And, um, uh, and the donkey sees the angel again. And the angel is about to, to strike Balaam. So the donkey falls on the ground um, to save his master. The, 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 uh, Balaam is, is really upset about this. So starts beating on the donkey. And that's where the scripture for today comes from. The donkey says, why are you beating me? And what is really funny for me about this scripture is that Balaam says, well, you're not doing your job. <laughs> I don't know. If it was me, I don't know about you, but if it was me and my cat starts talking to me, I don't know. But, you know, if my, if my pet or my animal starts talking to me, I don't know what I would do. Um, um, I, I would probably just sit in silence for a couple of days and try to figure out what just happened. Um, but they have this conversation, and then Balaam's eyes were opened. 
Now, what is really interesting about this story is that Balaam, he was a seer, but he didn't see the angel. He didn't see the message from God. Now, uh, uh, according to the story, Balaam was doing exactly what God asked him to do, to get on the donkey and go to talk to the, uh, to the king of, of, uh, of Moab. But, um, you know, some people say, well... Uh, this story was taken from somewhere else and put in there as a comic relief. Um, so, some other uh, biblical scholars say that uh, at some point Balaam changed his mind about what he was going to say to the, uh, to the king and, and God was trying to stop him from doing that. But regardless, the seer was not seeing God. And he was a donkey. I love this picture. Um, Rembrandt and, and the movement of art in that, in that time, uh, the, the source of light is never in the picture, right? So here the source of light is coming from outside, uh, from the left of the angel. And, and the first thing that we see that the light rests upon is the angel because the angel is the one that is bringing the message from God. But then the second uh, the second person or the second character where the light falls upon is a donkey. Because the donkey saw God. <laughs> and then the third person, which is kind of like uh, in the light, in, 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 the, in the shadows, is Balaam. His servants are in the dark, um, and the, the servants from Balak are way too far. The seer that cannot see. Sometimes I wonder, what are things that are happening around us that are obvious, but that we cannot see? You know, um, we cannot see where our clothes come from. I mean, yeah, they come from the store, right? But they were not magically appeared. Someone put them together. Someone grew the cotton, someone or, or made the... Um, the material, uh, someone made uh, or, or uh, wove those fabrics together, uh, someone sewed the buttons or sewed the buttons. Um, we don't know these people. Are, are, do they have health insurance? Are they, um, um, do, do they have, are they paid for, for wages? Do they have a, a nine to five job? Do they work 40 hours a week or do they work 120 hours a week? We don't know where our food comes from. Isn't it weird that during winter we have mangoes and bananas? Where, where do those come from, right? They come from all over on the other side of the world, in, on, in the south where, where it's summer. And somehow people, some people pick them up, put them in ships, they get here, you know how much gas or petroleum these ships take uh, to bring us mangoes that we can buy for $3.99 a piece, which is a lot, by the way. What are things that we cannot see? Uh, when I was in college, uh, I had a, an experience of, of something that, that I, I just couldn't see, and... I know I've told you many stories before. Um, I don't think I've told you this one. 
But I, I was going to, uh, to have breakfast uh, at a fast food restaurant, and th- there was a homeless man uh, at the f- entrance of the fast food restaurant. Um, what struck me was that he was my age. And, you know, I had some money. Um, actually, I did not have any money. I, I had my uh, ATM card uh, money. And I said, you know, I don't have any money, but... Uh, I can buy you breakfast if you want. And uh, expecting that he would say no to me, he said yes. So uh, we went through the line, we, we bought breakfast, and then we sat down together and we talked. Now, the, 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 uh, initially, I, wanted to buy, I, I, offered him, I offered to buy him breakfast because I was 95% sure that he would say no. And secondly, I sat down with him because I thought it would, it would be awkward for me to go and sit by myself somewhere else. Um, and I don't like to be awkward, even though I am. Um, but also I said, well, you know, I'll just share, a, I just, I'll just share about Jesus uh, with him. Um, I'm sure that he's a drug addict and all that stuff. So I made all these <laughs> assumptions about this man. Um, and at the end of breakfast, I learned his name. His name uh, is uh, Luis, and uh, he had left home. He had some trouble at home uh, from somewhere else in, in the island and ended up in the metro area, and he didn't have anything or a job or a place to, to live. Or, um, I, and I now, as a 49-year-old, I, 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 I can only imagine what type of circumstance at home he was facing that he decided to leave without a plan. And now he was uh, living uh, at the homeless shelter that the Catholic sisters uh, ran. And after a while, um, uh, we said, let's meet again. And and we met again uh, later in the week and we had lunch. Um, And at that point, at that time, he had something with him that he gave to me. And it was a craft that he did at the homeless shelter. Uh, it was uh, a fan uh, for decoration, really, um, that was made out of butcher paper and, and you know, some crafts. Uh, it was very beautiful. And then we agreed on, on meeting a third time, and, and that did not happen. Uh, he, he never showed up. But I did not see that the person that was asking for money, that the person that was sitting next to me or across the table from me, the person that had made uh, this craft, that he had given me something even when he had nothing, out of the nothingness of what he had, he had given me. I did not see that he was a human being. I did not see that he was a child of God. I did not see. What are we not seeing? In John chapter 9, there is a story, a great story of a blind man. And I'm not going to read it to you, but the whole chapter is just a beautiful chapter. It begins with a blind man asking for money, um, and Jesus gives him back his sight. And then Jesus disappears from the story. 
And the rest of the story is the blind man trying to defend the miracle to everyone else, to the religious leaders, to his family, and it costs him dearly. Uh, because he said, you know, I, I, I don't know, I, I, I couldn't see, and now I see, and this man did it. That's all I know. And they will ask him, so is this man the Messiah? I say, I don't know. I, I just know that I didn't see, and now I can see. And it cost him dearly because, as the story goes, his family rejected him. Uh, the people from his church or the synagogue, they, they ex, um, expelled him. And at the end, he, he finds Jesus again, or Jesus shows up in the, in, the, in the story. And Jesus says, I have come into this world so that the blind will see. But sometimes those who can see will become blind. What are we not seeing? When we are gathered here and, and we're praising God and we give sacrificially um, and we celebrate the amazing things that this community does. But we don't know what we cannot see, right? Jesus promises that for those of us who are blind, he will open our eyes. We'll be able to see. And, and because we see, we'll be able to care. And because we care, we will be able to do. And because we do, the kingdom of God will show up on earth. So uh, I, I, I pray that, that there are more donkeys in our way that help us see what we cannot see. I, I, I pray that, uh, that we will have the, the courage uh, to, to open our eyes to, to the needs of this world that we'll be able to open our eyes to our own needs. I pray that we will be able to see beyond what the world sees for the sake of the kingdom. Will you please pray with me? Blessed Lord, we, we come before you this, uh, this morning uh, giving you thanks for this very strange story. And even though, Lord, it will be so cool for our pets to talk back to us, though sometimes I wonder about that, <laughs> we, we don't ask you for that. We ask you for you to open our eyes to that which we are not able to see right now. It could be the needs of um, someone that is close and near to us. It, it could be someone, it could be uh, for us to see the needs of those that we judge. For us to, to see your image in those that we disagree with. We ask you, Lord, for you to open our eyes to see the needs of this world. And for us to bravely, courageously act upon what you have revealed to us so we might be able to be conduits, bridges, to connect the world 
to your grace. And we pray to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.